When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by RocksPile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the co-experts on the site, joined tonight by my good friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Just finished watching uh, Austin Gomber and Carlos Estevez uh, put away the Mets. Uh, the Rockies have won on the road, and they've actually scored runs on the road. It's a pretty crazy Monday night here in the Mountain Time Zone, man, I tell you. And speaking of the Mountain Time Zone, I, it's the first time that there's been a 5 o'clock game, at least of my memory, since 2019, since the Rockies haven't played in the Eastern Time Zone, which means... I get to watch a Rockies game, or I did watch a Rockies game, that finished before 10 o'clock, not in the fourth inning at 10 (laughs) o'clock. And and here's the crazy part. The last time they were in the Eastern time zone, you're right, the end of July 2019 in beautiful Cincinnati. That was their last visit to the Eastern time zone in 2019. Hold on. Cincinnati's not in the Eastern time zone. I was told that it was in the Jupiter time zone. (laughs) Well, it's flat. So if this is Mars or the moon, you know, it's great American ballpark. That's true. I'm not sure. Yeah. It kind of gets confusing because I know Coors is Mars and the moon. Yeah. It's tough. Theoretically different, but I'm, I've been told it's the same. We've got to pull in an astronomer one of these days and uh, see if they can help us out with this. Yeah. Maybe uh, the world renowned uh, astronomer, Madison Bumgarner. Oh, he did float off. uh, So hopefully, uh, Mad Bum will be back. Nobody uh, levitates. Nobody. And I mean, nobody levitates better than Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> you know, Madison <laughs> Bumgarner starts with an M, and I think Manscaped starts with an M as well. It does. How about that? So let's do a little tip of the hat <laughs> to our sponsor, Manscaped.com. What do you say, my friend? Might as well. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. And we have a special offer just for you, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology with their trimmers now also has a new multi-function on and off switch which can engage a travel lock created for people like Kevin and I who like to travel. And it also has a 4,000 K led spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. It, the new trimmer also allows you to customize your trim all over with additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Uh, It's also completely waterproof has wireless charging and the battery lasts longer than ever before. 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided 20 at manscaped.com. 20% 20% off and the at manscaped.com with the code fansided20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We appreciate manscaped.com being the sponsor of the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And Noah, you mentioned confidence, and I will tell you who had that tonight, and that was Mr. Austin Gomber on the mound, eight-plus innings, and it was something that I think the Rockies needed to have. We know the, the San Diego memories were still very fresh when they went back on the road 
Uh, but Gomber showed at the very start he was going to use his changeup effectively, his four-pitch mix effectively, and he kept the, the Mets batters off their, their rhythm most of the night. Uh, he did give up a couple of long balls and then a single before he was pulled for Estevez in the ninth, but still overall um, an excellent, excellent pitching performance. Yeah, and that's it's exactly what the Rockies needed because – I mean, let's be honest, the, the Rockies bullpen has not been particularly great lately. And their best reliever lately is the one who was there and pitched in the game, Carlos Estevez. And he had a great outing where he had an inning pitch, and I believe he had two strikeouts. Right. Um, and after starting off the year slow, he, he has pitched really well lately. And that's why, as if you're a regular listener, you have heard – how we have said outside of Jordan Sheffield, he has been their most reliable reliever this year. You're exactly right. And Noah, how good has Carlos Estevez been? Over the last seven games, eight innings pitched, four hits, zero. Count them, zero walks allowed in nine Ks with a beautiful 0.50 whip. And I believe he has allowed one run if i'm not mistaken i don't believe it was even earned if i remember correctly and you are look at you in that april 27th game at san francisco that was even before uh injury to the pulley finger that pushed him out but you're exactly right i mean here's the thing estevez was pushing really well or pitching i should say really well before he got hurt and he's come back and has not missed a beat it's really impressive yeah and i mean especially since he didn't look great in spring training he didn't look great last year. Um, he didn't even look great to start off the season. I mean, we were even talking like, oh, if the Rockies need to make a roster move, which yeah. they still do have the roster crunch coming, which part of it is alleviated tonight as we're recording this after uh, the Rockies went on Monday. And the Rockies just announced a few moments ago that they're optioning Lucas Gilbreth to the minor leagues. So the Rockies will not have a, have a left-handed reliever in the bullpen. Um Chichi Gonzalez presumably will move to the bullpen uh, with Kyle Freeland coming off the injured list. So the, the roster crunch has been alleviated somewhat with Rogers coming off the injured list and Freeland. Um, but I mean, as we said, it's Estefis has been really, really good. And I mean, it's at the beginning, like, like we were saying, a few weeks ago, I mean, this was uh, probably about a month ago now. At least I was thinking he might be one that could be DFA'd because he was pitching so poorly. It was either down to him or Jairo Diaz. Ended up being Diaz when they signed Chassin. Uh, yep. But I still thought he might have been DFA'd a little bit after. But like we said, he's been their second best reliever. Well, and, and here's how good that he has been. You mentioned that we were kind of wondering, you know, is this the end of Carlos Estevez? On April 11th, he gave up a run in an inning at San Francisco, pushed the ERA up to 831. At that point, the whip was 231. As it stands tonight after this Mets outing, the ERA is down to 292. And as we mentioned, that whip uh, is now down for the season to 1.14. So, I mean, it's it's been a a plummet as far as the stats go with Estevez, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that that's what you need in a bullpen. Yep. And frankly, the Rockies don't have many of those guys. It's really just Sheffield and Estevez at this point. Hopefully, I mean, Daniel Bard has had a few outings without giving up a run, but his innings haven't been for the faint of heart because um, if you have heart problems, you might start having palpitations in his innings. Yep. Um, and Michael Givens, I mean, he – for example, he's got an ERA that's fairly low. It's around four. But he, if you look at his fifth fielding independent pitching, it's sky high because he walks the ballpark. What does Tyler Kinley do? He walks the ballpark. What has Gilbreth done? He, he had a few good outings, but then he had other outings where he gave up multiple runs. Ben Bowden's on the injured list. So, I mean, it's, you have a lot of guys that are struggling – or on the injured list. And uh, really, those are their two relievers right now that you can count on. Yancy Almonte has been awful. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. He's been terrible this year. 
Well, and, and one thing that Bud said in the post-game press conference tonight was that uh, Bard was down. No surprise after pitching yeah. the last couple of days. And he he mentioned how that uh, he, he, you know, with Estevez having the experience as a closer, it's been, I think, four years now. I think it was 2016 that, that uh, Estevez had the experience as a closer. Yeah. Uh, he had a few saves. Like, he had one earlier this year. I think he had one last year. But, yeah, as a full-time guy, yeah, it was 2016. Exactly. But Bud mentioned tonight that he didn't hesitate going to him. And I think that that says a lot, uh, not only about his confidence in Carlos, but as you said, you know, the options are, are pretty limited. Uh, yeah. Whenever it comes to who you're going to put in in that situation where you know you've got to get three outs to get the win. Yeah. And one of the other things, too, with the Rockies, and especially with this being on the road, uh, Luke Mullins had an article for us earlier this week how the pitching staff has actually been worse on the road, surprisingly. Yep. Um, the offense has been worse, too, which brings in the Coors Field hangover. Um Bud Black has been asked about this numerous times recently, and he has not acknowledged it before um, it, because he's been quoted as saying, no, well, no, and cutting Patrick Saunders off and saying, no. Right. Full quotes. Today, he talked about it a little bit more, and here's what he had to say about it. Well, uh, we hit early uh, on the field at two o'clock. The whole team, uh, we got a, we got a, uh, we got a machine out there. Uh, we we spun breaking balls. We threw forcing fastballs, uh, you know, hard sliders, hard curveballs to, you know, have the guys, you know, see spin early to, you know, just get the background of, of City Field uh, and conversation, you know, really about, uh, you know, mentally, you know, going from. Denver to New York or Denver to anywhere. And, uh, you know, the guys, I think, showed some, uh, you know, mental toughness, uh, you know, through our conversations, and hopefully things will uh, improve our, uh, you know, offensively on the road. But I think a lot of conversation and, you know, some physical work on the field, uh, and we'll do some stuff in the cage tomorrow with breaking balls, uh, because, you know, it's been documented about, you know, leaving in Denver, uh, coming to, you know, sea level, coming to other environment, humid environments, uh, different ballparks. Uh, you know, we have to make that adjustment just a little bit quicker. So, yeah, the, it's in a way, as we've talked before, uh, you wouldn't expect him to talk about it because, after all, it's giving his guys an excuse. But also, too, you do have to realize the reality um and they were talking about some offensive changes which they did not want to divulge which is understandable of how they were trying to alleviate that and they've tried to alleviate it in past years as well as charlie blackman has talked about it in recent years and they had pitching machines and all that to s just see how the ball would be different that's been the main thing like with charlie blackman he said just the ball movement on it with different atmospheres. If you're in New York, you're at sea level course field. You're obviously not. So just the movement on the ball, just seeing that in the batting cage, is it more into that? We don't know, but that's, it's something where it's nice to hear that, Hey, this is being acknowledged. And today at least it seemed like it worked. Well, and, and you've got to look at what happened tonight at uh, uh, City Field. I almost said Shea Stadium, almost went old school there. But, uh, at City <laughs> Field, you know, there were a pair of homers early. Uh, Rymac with the home run, and then uh, Diaz hit the homer. And then Hampson had the triple. So if you look, you know, the Rockies offense came in spurts for sure. Yeah. But just being able to get those early runs on the the – second inning homers there. I, I think that that made a world of difference, not only for the Rockies at the plate, but also for Gomber on the mound as well, knowing that, you know, he's got that little bit of cushion. Yeah. And I mean, the Rockies scoring in general and uh, for this year, starting road trips before today, mm -hmm. Monday, May 24th, in the first game 
of each road trip, the Rockies have scored a total, total of one. That is one run. One run. That is it. And that was in the ninth inning of the very first road game of the year. And it was after a Chris Owings triple to lead off the inning and Garrett Hampson had a sack fly. That was, that was the extent of their scoring in the first game of road trips this year. Yep. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, and, and if you're listening to the podcast, you know why we're so into this one game because the Rockies have been horrible on the road this year. Not only have they not been able to score, they haven't been able to win either. Obviously. And, and so for the Rockies to be able to pull off their third road win of the year tonight to start the road trip through Pittsburgh later in the week, but the, the four games in New York before that, it, I, I think it's really important for this team uh, to at least have some kind of success, some kind of something that they don't go into Pittsburgh and New York and come back, uh, you know, over. And, and let's be honest, you know, it, there was times that you go, this team could well go over on any kind of road trip that they go out. And you hope they don't go over tomorrow when they're facing Jacob DeGrom, but Kyle Freeland will be back on the mountain for the Rockies as well. So, that's and that's yeah. going to be big. And, and one thing that was asked today in the, uh, the press conference that I thought was interesting is now you've got Gomber, the lefty and Freeland, the lefty going back to back. And, and Bud was asked, you know, is that by design or is that just by happenstance? And they were making a big deal about back-to-back lefties. And Bud kind of smirked a little bit. And he said, you know, we've had four right-handers going back-to-back-to-back. So what's been the big deal about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Bud does not like his anti-left bias. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Well, hey, speaking of right-handers, uh, one thing that uh, we were lucky enough to do, uh, I, I should say I was lucky enough to do uh, late last week, was catch up with uh, Fresno Grizzlies pitcher Dugan Darnell. Now, uh, Darnell has a great story, uh, and you'll hear uh, about him after the break. Uh, but Darnell is a guy who, as we sit here on Monday night, he has pitched in seven games for the low-A Fresno Grizzlies, the affiliate of the Rockies. 12.2 innings pitched, 17 strikeouts, a whip of 0.39, and an ERA of 0.71. And, Noah, here's the crazy thing. Duke and Darnell gave up baseball before the Rockies came calling and say, hey, do you want to sign with us? So it's a really cool story. We're going to let you hear Duke and Darnell tell it himself right after the break here on the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. And we are back on the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. Kevin Henry here, joined by Fresno Grizzlies pitcher and Rockies prospect, Dugan Darnell. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate hey, it. Thanks for being on, man. I enjoy following you on Twitter and uh, checking, the, checking out your stats and seeing how things are going for you this year. Thank you. Thank you. So I, it's been quite a whirlwind for you. Uh, we know the Rockies signed you in February to a minor league deal. Uh, how did that relationship start with the Rockies? I'm curious. Yeah, so, um, I mean, started kind of at a younger age. Uh, there was a, a scout that was one of my coaches uh, on, summer, on the summer ball team, and that kind of piqued my interest, like, all throughout, you know, my childhood growing up. Um, and since then – uh, you know, it was, was not super serious, but, uh, then in 2020 in USPBL, they followed me a little bit, but even after that, you know, with COVID, nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, so kind of talks slowed down a little bit. Uh, and then this off season, I was, uh, fortunate enough to speak with John Weil and, uh, you know, Roberto Fernandez and a couple others. Uh, and that's where things uh, kind of became pretty serious. And, and you mentioned the USPBL, the United Shore Professional Baseball League. Uh, you came out of D3 Adrian, Michigan. So you've kind of taken um, an interesting route, shall we say, to get to pro ball. What's that been like for you? And how have you kind of kind of kept your name out there and, and, and your abilities out there so that a team would take notice? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always about developing yourself and your skill set and what you bring to the table. Um, and dominating at every level that you're at. Um, 
you know, I didn't really have anything, any offers, even from independent ball out of, out of college. I only threw a fastball. <laughs> it was my first year pitching was my senior year of college. So, um, so I went to the Northwoods Collegiate League and proved myself there. Um, still, even after that, didn't have anything. Uh, and I had signed for a full-time job in Chicago. So I went over to Chicago and was working. And it was like my third day on the job. I got a call from the Gary Railcats in the American Association. So I uh, quit my job, got on two trains and a bus and got over to uh, Gary in time for my first start spot start um and from then on it was all about just developing what i had and uh getting better and being better every single day so you were that close to walking away from the game huh yeah my career was over at one point man (laughs) just kind of wild to say yeah that that's that's amazing uh you know and 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 obviously here you are uh with with low a fresno you're working way your way up the minors uh, with the rockies Mm -hmm. And one thing that I read about uh, your time in the USPBL is that your velocity actually increased. Uh, went yep. up, I think, three to four miles per hour on your fastball. Yep. Is that a change in mechanics, or what was that? Yeah, it was uh, kind of a mixture of a couple things. Um, it was uh, definitely training. Um, I took some investment in training, uh, basically trying to get more mobile, more stable, uh, drop the bad weight, gain the good weight. Uh, I put on like 25 pounds of good weight, um, <clears throat> kind of gained that core strength and stability, um, hip mobility, shoulder mobility, and all that kind of stuff was uh, made it easier for mechanics to play. Uh, and the mechanics were well, what basically what changed my career in the USPBL. Um, you know, Justin Orndorff is the director of operations there and uh, he's got a lot of really, really good things to say with the uh, delivery value system, kind of working on just efficiency and leveraging your uh, body and what you have. So we've talked about the fastball a little bit. Kind of describe your pitch mix for those who haven't seen you pitch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mainly throw a fastball. Uh, my first, you know, my best off-speed pitch, I'd say, is uh, <clears throat> my splitter. Um, that, you know, I'll throw that with my fastball because it tunnels really well off of it. Uh, and then I have a 12-6 curveball that I'll throw in there when I need to. So, so far, uh, as we record this podcast, you've been in five games, nine innings pitch, 12 Ks. Uh, so, what what's kind of the strikeout pitch for you? Um, for me, I like to say, you know, any of them. Okay. I like to use any, of, any pitch for, uh, you know, strike three. I like to throw it where I want, when I want, and it kind of really depends on what the sequence of the at-bats like um, and the hitter that we're facing and what his weaknesses are. Um, that's kind of something that I pay attention to. You know, I take notes, you know, for the first five innings or wherever I'm not in the game just to kind of see what hitters' tendencies are. If they have a whole, you know, uh, you know, if they don't like inside or if they struggle with change-ups or, you know, whatever it might be, um, that kind of stuff plays, you know, and I kind of try to basically just go right for their weaknesses. Is that kind of the mentality you're bringing in whenever you, you come in and you, you take the mound is go right at them or, or what is your yeah. mentality? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Go right at them. I want to win. You know, there's no two ways about it. I want to win when I'm on the mound, if you're in the way, sucks but um you know that's that's my goal for me and for my team it's to win so you mentioned goals what what kind of do you have for yourself for this year and then are you a guy who sets long-term goals yeah yeah i believe as a professional athlete you have to have both all the time you know it's um and in any industry you should definitely have you know short and long-term goals um but for for me short-term goals would be to stay consistent stay healthy and to get better every single day. Um, and that's also, you know, I have to hold myself accountable, be honest with myself, you know, if I'm not hitting my spot with a certain pitch or, you know, if mechanics don't feel specifically right in a certain area, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then long-term, you know, I want to be a long-term big term, uh, a long time big leaguer, you know, I want to be big leagues for as long as I can. 
And, and was that goal or was that dream always there, I guess? Because like I said, we, we walked away just for, you know, you walked away for just a little bit. Was that still yeah. in the back of your mind maybe? Yeah. I mean, since I was a little kid, that's always been a, a goal. And that's what made it so easy to just quit my job in a second. You know, that, that, uh, the job took a lot for me to get. It was uh, like five interviews, six months, long, you know, a long process to get it. And I quit it about five minutes after I got the call. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, this has been my dream. I'm putting everything I got into it. And, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Well, the dream's continuing in Fresno right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about what, what it's been like being a part of the Grizzlies and the Rockies organization so far for you. Uh, it's been a dream come true. You know, I hear horror stories about some other organizations or you know, experiences that other players have had. And you kind of, you know, just keep out, keep an eye out for all that kind of stuff. But the Rockies and, you know, the Grizzlies, they could not be better to me. And for me personally, what I have and what my goals are, they're, uh, you know, they're matching it and helping me get there. So it's been, uh, you know, all the coaches, the trainers, my teammates, everybody's been absolutely amazing. Awesome. Well, good to hear. We're keeping an eye on you, Dugan Darnell, my pitching prospect for the Rockies with Fresno Grizzlies. Man, thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate it. And we'll be back uh, right after this break here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. And we are back on the Rockspile Rockies Report. Kevin Henry here with Noah Yingling. And, and I'll tell you, you know, Dugan Darnell is a guy that he's not on your 40-man roster. He's not a guy that's going to be in at the Rockies anytime soon. But not only just a good guy, but a guy with a great story who's making a difference there at low A. And, and I'm curious to see what happens next for him. Yeah. And I mean, if he keeps pitching like he has been, perhaps we'll see him in Spokane this year Very or maybe even in Hartford. Very possible. Absolutely. And if he can keep doing it, maybe, who knows, we'll see him maybe in the major leagues next year. I mean, that's obviously being very optimistic as that's uh, a lot of places to stop by. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great story. And you, especially for those kind of guys, you really hope that they can get, to, uh, they can get to the major leagues just to say, Hey, I've been there. I was able to make it after I had X uh, W X, Y, Z. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we really appreciate the Fresno Grizzlies working with us on that. Uh, I can tell you all that this will not be the last time that you hear from a Grizzlies player or a Spokane Indian or a Hartford Yard Goat or even, dare I say, an Albuquerque Isotope this year. Uh, we we certainly appreciate all the miners working with us uh, to talk to some prospects and some guys with some great stories that are toiling away in the minor leagues right now for the Rockies. Uh, Noah, you talked about it just a little bit before the break. Uh, but Tuesday night, you know, is going to be a fascinating uh, storyline in New York with the return of Kyle Freeland, Jacob DeGrom coming back from an injury as well. And we know what he did to the Rockies last time uh, that he faced them at Coors Field uh, with the 14 strikeouts, including nine in a row. Uh, so, you know, and a struggling offense, what we've seen on the road. Now getting to Grom, but also having that boost from Freeland coming back. It's going to be really interesting to see these worlds collide, I think. Yeah, and I mean, we've got an interesting rest of the series as well because, I mean, for example, on Thursday, um, I believe it's Senzatella who's slated to start for the Rockies. Mets have not announced a starter. Right. But that's a 12.35 Eastern time game. Yep. So, I mean, at least it's not the first game of the series. Um, cause that would be a, that would be a big transition from Coors Field to sea level and having a game start at 1035 local, meaning uh, mountain. but yeah, I mean, at least they'll have a few games to adjust, but yeah, that's going to be an early weekday game. And then they head on to Pittsburgh after that. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point because they're going to have the early game, the short trip to Pittsburgh. So I have plenty of time to get in there, rest up a little bit for a Friday night game to open that three-game series against the Pirates. And, you know, 
when you look at the Rockies and Pirates getting together on paper, it may not be the most exciting matchup, uh, but it's certainly something for those of you who are keeping track of what's going to happen with the draft picks uh, coming up in 2022. When the Rockies and Pirates get together, it's worth noting who's winning and who's losing in that matchup. And I believe, too, I could be mistaken, but uh, old friend Tyler Anderson might be starting against the Rockies in that series as well. And, and if I believe that's Tyler Anderson who just got pummeled by the Braves. Oh, absolutely. Clobbered yeah. by the Braves. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was funny. The, uh, our friends at uh, Tomahawk Take, which covered the, the Braves, were saying, can't we play the Pirates all the time? About the same time that you and I were texting each other, going, can't the Rockies just play the Diamondbacks at Coors Field all the time? <laughs> uh, you know, so <laughs> we all have our favorites. That's for sure. By the way, unless Anderson is pushed back, he's actually starting on Thursday, so the Rockies will miss. Oh, man. Still, I mean, his ERA is only 473 after just getting absolutely shelled against the Braves. Now, granted, he I don't think he even gave up half the runs. Uh, the Braves won. I, I would have to – the score was in the 20s. Let's just say that. Um, and the Pirates had won. Um so, yeah, it was the 21st, so I can check the score out on that. So that would have been Friday. But, yeah, um, it was – yeah, it was 20 to 1. And he – Anderson allowed – and he had five innings, 10 hits, nine runs, all earned, two walks, seven punch outs. Oof. The bullpen in three innings gave up nine runs. They walked three. Um, at least – I I believe, yep, the eight of those runs given up by the bullpen was by a position player. So they they don't have Josh Fuentes. Sorry, Joshua Fuentes on the right. That's right. And we are digging to the bottom of this Josh Joshua thing as well, just so you know, because uh, I, find, I find it very interesting that uh, there are certain graphics and certain commentators who have picked up on the Joshua and others who are just going to ride the Josh train into the ground. There, I mean, there's just no way it's saying. And who knows? They might be reading the Rockies media guide, which has Josh Fuentes, because it was published at the beginning of the year. Exactly. Well, you know, but, uh, you know, it was funny because, and, and a lot of people have asked, where did this come from? And if you think back to when Fuentes first broke out of the streak and the night that he talked to us in the media about, he got a haircut, but Black told him to not take things so seriously. He joked about, Maybe I'll check. Maybe I'll ch- go by Joshua now, and and I think there was something more <laughs> than a joke to that at the time because we all kind of chuckled when he said it. And sure enough, you know, since the haircut, since the now I'm Joshua, uh, you know what? The, the bats come around, the NL Player of the Week, uh, not all that good stuff, man. Well, and then also too, there was uh, there was that night. I won't say who it was. Someone asked on the Zoom, "Are you sure they cut off any of your hair?" Yes, yeah. that, was, that was impressive too. By the way, I think you got taken by the barber. Is basically what the what the insinuation was there. Yes. So, uh, but you know, hey, let's talk about Fuentes for just a minute. Uh, Josh, Joshua, whatever you'd like to call him, uh, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of that. But I found it interesting that uh, he has now become that defensive replacement at first base late in the game. Uh, you know, CJ Crone has had his issues on defense at first base. And so once again, tonight we saw Fuentes move to first late in the game, Rymack come over to third and the whole switch around to give Bud his best defense in the field. Yeah. And I, that's one thing too, that I'll be interested to see. Um, obviously Daza, since he went into center field and then Hampson came to second, yeah. I'll be interested to see if, Bud starts to do that with Brendan Rogers. Yes. So he can play second, short, and third. I personally, I I think he should have probably started today. Um, I mean, there's a difference between keeping him fresh and giving him two days off in a row after playing him two games. Um, so, but I'll be interested to see if they do that with him or if they just try to keep him, if they want to use him as a defensive replacement or if he's in the game and they just want to keep him at second base or what they try to do. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's something that's worked for the Rockies so far. Um, 
I would like to see Connor Joe a little bit more at first base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him a little bit more out in that field as well. Um, but I, that's uh, something where at least he's uh, Bud Black is keeping all of his position players fresh, which is easier to do in the National League than the American. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see a little bit more regular playing times, particularly for Rogers, because I mean, this year, if it's really his year to make it or break it. It is. And, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about the roster shuffle. We've talked a little bit about some things that are going to happen. And, hey, right after this break, we're going to talk about something else that's getting ready to happen to the roster coming down the pike, but it's still something to keep an eye on. And we'll talk about that right after the break here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. And Kevin Henry back with Noah Yingling on the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And Noah, one thing that was asked of Bud Black today during the uh, pregame media conference, and again, we're recording this on Monday, is was about Matt Adams. And where is Matt Adams in the process? Again, Matt Adams, uh, the first baseman, currently on the injured list uh, with a shin injury. Uh, Matt Adams is going to be activated and sent to AAA on a rehab assignment. He's going to get quite a few at-bats there over quite a few games. So while Matt Adams is not coming back tomorrow or maybe even this week, there's no question that they are working Matt Adams back into playing shape and back into game shape so that he can rejoin the Rockies, which, Noah, that's going to mean a crowded out, a crowded infield, I should say, is going to get even more crowded. I think it'll be, yeah, partially that. Um, and – I think one of two things will come out of that. The Rockies either have to send a reliever down or DFA one if he is on the roster. Um, with two long relievers in the bullpen, I think it would probably be Shasin. Yep. But you could keep Shasin in the bullpen and you could send Kinley down, who walks, as we've discussed. He walks way too many guys. Um, Gilbreth is down now. Um, so. The only other guy that has options is Daniel Bard, which I don't think they're going to send him down. If, if, if they hadn't sent him down yet, they aren't going to send him down. Um, but then the only other choice is Chassin, if you get rid of him. Um, but also, too, it could be a situation where you've seen it many times before, particularly with other teams. You activate them off the injured list, and you DFA them. I mean... Do the Rockies have a spot for him right now? It's tough. Has he been, was he hitting the cover off the baseball before? Hell no. <laughs> Simple as that. No. But if you want that left-handed power possibility off the bench, and again, possibility being the key word, then is that, as you said, a reliever who gets moved? Is that a Connor Joe that loses his spot on the active roster? Um, if, if, if it's Connor Joe, there, there may be riots. Yeah. Blake. Well, and, and, and I'm just going to warn you Rockies fans. Don't be surprised if that's the move. Uh, because we've seen since Rogers come back, we've seen Connor Joe's playing time go down. And I, and I think that it really is going to be an odd man out thing with him. And it's unfortunate. Uh, it, it, but who knows, you know, and, and we're still days away from this happening and a lot can happen in the world of Rockies baseball. There could be an injury, you know, we, we could have a lot of things go on, but Matt Adams is going to enter back into our world. I mean, just go ahead and mark that down folks. Yeah. And then also to, um, we won't talk about as much on here cause you can check out the site, but there's been, um, some updates on Peter Lambert as well. Yeah. Um, as well as some of the other players in recent days, like, for example, we recently had an update with Scott Obert and how he is doing. So check, make sure to check that out on the site. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's the thing that we're trying to do on, on rockspile.com is make sure that we're keeping you guys updated, not only with what's going on, uh, you know, in the minors, uh, also what's going on with the guys who aren't currently on the roster but are trying to work their way back, uh, you know. And so we're asking Bud those questions or listening in on press conferences every day to bring you the latest information. And sometimes, especially if you're on Twitter, which, uh, as we both have discussed, there's good and bad things about Twitter. But sometimes there are people 
that will ask us questions that are very good questions. And it just happens to be right before we go on. And sometimes we get answers for you. Or sometimes even somebody else will ask it. Like with Matt Adams. People were very uh, upset that Connor Joe was not called up at that time because he wasn't with the major league team at the time. Right. And people were like, okay, why Matt Adams over Connor Joe? I was about ready to ask the question and then somebody else asked it right before me. But, um, and there, there have been other times though, where you and I have asked questions where, Hey, person X and three other people said, Oh, why did this happen? Oh, that, that's a good question. Let's ask them. Well, and one thing that I loved was you actually wrote an article that basically said, why was Matt Adams called up? Uh, yeah. You know, you, you answered that question in article format. So yeah, we, we do listen to you, Rocky's Twitter. And, and Noah, I want to give you kudos because you wrote an article about the three things that Rocky's Twitter would do if they were the GM recently on our site. Uh, you know, and, and uh, had some interesting responses back on that. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, and if I would have gone five on it, uh, Trevor's story probably would have been extended. And pick another guy probably to be extended as well. Uh, Ryan McMahon, Ryan Maltapia, John Gray, you, you pick one. Um, but yeah, if you noticed in that, all three things are not on the field. Right. Because that's uh, arguably, no, I, I'll say arguably. I, I wouldn't say it's arguably, but some people might, may say it's arguably. Arguably, that, that's the worst part of the team. Is just, okay, what is our vision? Can we have a vision that isn't stuck in 2004? Right. Um, when other teams are playing in 2021. Yeah, it's and I think for Rockies fran- fans, you know, it's it's still frustrating that there's no vision, as you said, even with the new interim GM. There's not really a here's what we're going to do about Trevor Story or John Gray or Michael Givens. Or, or uh, you know, let, let's not forget that lurking behind all of this is the fact that Herman Marquez was given a contract extension some time ago. Kyle Freeland still has not. The Denver native, everything else, you know. So there, there's some interesting movements, questions, whatever it might be. But I couldn't tell you any more than anybody else can right now what the Rockies' direction is really going to be, especially as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, and as we've discussed, are some of these players going to develop? Brendan Rodgers, is he, he the shortstop or second baseman of the future? Um, another one, too, with the free agent slash older guy front. Are you going to be hearing your love by the outfield yeah. at Coors Field after July 30th? It, you know, it's, it's a great question. It really is. And, and, and I don't think any of us know. And certainly we're keeping an eye on any trade rumors that pop up or anything. I, I wrote one uh, just today about uh, Trevor Story maybe going to Oakland. Uh, but, you know, as I mentioned in there, and, and one thing that you and I have talked about off podcast has been that there's got to be some kind of good return back if you're going to give up a Trevor Story or a John Gray. And if you look at an Oakland that farm system is pretty bare right now. So, you know, are you going to look for trade partners who can actually boost your farm system? Or are you just going to look for the best deal, at least on paper and hope that it works? Yeah. And I mean, also too, are you looking for major league ready players? Right. Or are you looking for lower minor league players? Or are you looking for a combination? Or are you looking for players on your MLB team the day you pull the trade, are you going to have guys that, uh, oh, we want uh, one MLB guy who's got like two years of service time where we can plug him in and the day after the trade and he's hitting somewhere in our lineup that day. Yep. Are we going to have a guy that's in like Albuquerque and may make his debut at the end of the year? Or do you have guys in Fresno? Which I'm, one is it? I'm going to tell you. As, as a as a person who still gets a little nauseous whenever I think about the Tulo trade and what came back, 
just like John Mosellock with Arenado. He said yeah. he felt nauseous. Yeah, exactly. But I'm <laughs> going to tell you, I feel more nauseous worrying about Arenado than I would having Jose Reyes anywhere near my clubhouse. Just saying. So yeah, just throw that out there. So or or near uh, you know anybody else. But anyway, that's all beside the point. We're not going to go down that road. Um, Noah, as we wrap up here, I want to mention one thing because we're talking about trades and we, we started the night talking about Austin Gomber. I want to end it talking a little bit about Gomber because, you know, this is a guy who unfortunately, like Josh, Joshua Fuentes, is always going to be linked to Nolan Arenado. No matter what, he's going to be the guy who came back in the Nolan Arenado trade. Hold, hold on. Um, why is Joshua Fuentes tied with Arenado? Well, I, I understand they've played wiffle ball together. Okay. I, I understand that. Um, and I, maybe maybe it was a family gathering. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. Don't know. We'll, we'll do some research and see if we can come up with that. But, but you know, the and for those of you who don't know, yes, he is his cousin. There. Wait, no, hold, hold on. Whoa, whoa. But, but one thing that uh, – I found really interesting tonight is that Gomber was still asked about the trade and if he's still kind of proving himself and, you know, it, it, it's always going to be with Gomber. This is the guy the Rockies got back in the trade. And whenever he first had all those walks, we remember his opening game at Coors Field and everybody just going, Oh my Lord, this is the guy they got back. But what he has done since then as a whole, seriously, it, it makes you go, this could be a guy that the Rockies can build around moving forward. Yeah, and I'd have to look at the exact numbers, but um, before his start tonight, in which he did really well, yep. if you exclude the uh, – you can exclude them to see how well he's done, but obviously you can't exclude it just for overall sure. purposes. Um he had a 4.96 ERA coming into Monday's start, and if you exclude his first start, in which he walked seven guys, um, he actually only gave up one earned run in it. But yep. Um, yep. if you exclude that, I would say probably you could even keep that one in. Exclude the one in San Francisco. Exclude the one in St. Louis, and he has an ERA somewhere below three. Yeah. Now, would you take that kind of guy in your rotation right now, Rockies fans? Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's, the, here's the thing that you and I were talking about a little bit before we came on air tonight. The other guy who's really been pretty impressive in the Rockies rotation is getting ready to be pushed out of the Rockies rotation with Kyle Freeland coming back, and that's Chichi yeah. Gonzalez. What if I told you on March 31st, the day before opening day, on paper, your worst starting pitcher would be Herman Marquez. I think that they probably were going to have a pretty bad record. And oh, look. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if you look at their run differential, and if they were just able to, you know, win a few games on the road, more than three by May 24th, yeah. they would actually be around 500. With their with their current run differential entering Monday, they, well, they were eighteen and twenty nine total record, but by run differential, they should have had three more wins. Now you add in a bullpen that doesn't blow games constantly, right. and you add in um, some offense that's not the second worst offense in baseball on the road, and you've got yourself a team that's actually in contention. Believe yeah. it. Well, and you've got a team that has a, I'm just going to say, a very interesting road trip left. Uh, what can they do the rest of the time away from Coors? And then coming back, you get a couple of AL teams coming into Coors Field, including uh, Mr. David Dahl making a return to 20th and Blake. If he's on the team. If he's on the team. And, and Breaking and, news, he has not been good on and kudos to our buddy Aaron Hurt for writing an article about that. That could be a, a really good move that Jeff Breitch made is not uh, bringing David Dahl back this year. And I'll say it. I, I don't do it often. I was one of them that said, that's probably a good move. Yeah. Cause he's, 
he hasn't been injured a ton. It's just he hasn't been hitting. Right. For the Rockies' point, he was just, uh, okay, if you're an all-star, that's great, but uh, I need you to play uh, more than 80 games a year. Yep. So the schedule coming up is very interesting. Obviously, we're going to see what happens the rest of this road trip, not get too far ahead. Uh, but Noah, I am curious to see how the rest of this Mets Pirates swing goes, including uh, breakfast and baseball Thursday morning. Yeah, or for me, lunch and baseball. I'm exactly. able to see a Rockies game that, as long as it doesn't go extra innings, it will be done by four o'clock my time. That's pretty impressive, I tell you. So we will <laughs> see what happens. Now, Noah, any final thoughts before we wrap up, man? I do have one Great. promo code. Fansided20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D, and the number 20 at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. And we appreciate their support. We appreciate all of you who listen to us every time we put out a podcast. Thank you so much. We're always going to try to bring you exclusive interviews and thought processes. So until we meet again, Kevin Henry and Noe Yangling here on the Rocks Power Rockies Report. And hey, go Rockies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.